Hello and welcome to Truth Talks, brought to you by South African author, theologian and church leader, Dr. Christopher Pepler. Hello again. As those of you who have been following this series know, I've been dealing with the question, what kind of church would Jesus attend? And in doing this, I developed nine criteria. How do we gauge whether you'd be happy to attend it? And these are also the criteria indicating his presence in our congregation. And the third of these is what I've called serious attention to biblical preaching. Now let me tell you what I don't intend discussing. I don't intend discussing the difference between teaching and preaching, and nor one of my favorite hobby horses, the superiority of expository over topical preaching. Now, rather, I want to stick to the theme and explore the connection between preaching and the presence of God. Now, I have long defined preaching as the proclamation of the Word of God with power. But I went looking the other day for a definition of biblical preaching. And the most succinct one that I found was this. Biblical preaching is preaching that is true to the Word of God. So, the Word of God is central to both of these definitions, both of these formulations. So let me explain what I understand by this term, Word of God. The Word of God manifests in our lives in two ways. Primarily, Jesus is the Word of God. John 1, chapter, verse 1 and verse 14. In the beginning was the Word. And the Word became flesh and made His dwelling among us. And we have seen His glory, the glory of the one and only who came from the Father, full of grace and truth. However, the Bible is the inspired record of God's interactions with humanity, which focuses on and finds full expression in the Lord Jesus Christ. So while Jesus is the incarnate Word, the Bible is the inscribed Word. So, when the Word of God is proclaimed in the power of the Holy Spirit, then Jesus would surely be pleased to bless it with His presence. And so that's the connection, the direct connection that I make between preaching and the presence of God in a service. Now, to take a slightly different line of thinking through this, prophecy is a means of God communicating with His people. And true preaching surely is also a way that God communicates with these people. Therefore, preaching must, by that definition, be a form of prophecy. Biblical preaching presents the incarnate word, Jesus, in the context of the inscribed word, the Bible. It is, and if this is faithfully undertaken in the power of the Holy Spirit, then it surely should be as much as thus saith the Lord as a gift of prophecy. Now, a quick disclaimer. I don't actually think it's wise to speak a word of prophecy in a congregation and preface it with the words, thus saith the Lord. I think often that's, that's presumptuous. But the gift of prophecy in, in the church today is a way that God communicates. And it's validated and authenticated by the inscripturated word of God, which points to the incarnate word of God, Jesus. So, True preaching and a word of prophecy should have that same immediacy, the same sense, gosh, God is communicating to us. So we should surely expect preaching to be a way in which Jesus manifests his presence in a Sunday service, shouldn't we? Now, I've added the word serious attention to biblical preaching to qualify it. 
because for preaching to be acceptable to the Lord Jesus and to be a means of sensing his presence, then both the preacher and the congregants, those listening, need to give serious attention to it. Now, I'll tell you again what I don't mean by that. I don't mean that the sermon should be the high point of a church service, you know, with everything else either as a preparation or an aftermath. But rather, I mean that the time given to preaching should be one element in a concerted period of worship, prayer, ministry, fellowship, and biblical proclamation that in its totality focuses on Jesus and is an encounter with Him, an essential part of the mix of a service which glorifies God and which helps us to come into His very presence. So when the preacher stands up with Bible in hand, hopefully, we should regard the next 30 minutes or so as part of worship, part of the the fullness of meeting with God, and not simply as a time where a suitable qualified person either shares some ideas or teaches doctrine. So when we hear the Word of God preached, we need to be expecting to encounter Jesus. And we need to be expecting to hear Him speak directly to us. You know, I think the most profound compliment that a preacher can ever receive is when, after a sermon, someone says to him with sincerity, It was as though Jesus himself was talking to me. Now, this can surely only happen when the preacher has faithfully presented Jesus Christ, the incarnate Word of God, from the inscripturated Word of God, the Bible. So this means that the preacher, too, needs to give serious attention to biblical preaching. He needs to prepare conscientiously and skillfully, and he needs to deliver in dependence on the Holy Spirit. He needs to be illuminated by the Holy Spirit, given wisdom, and to deliver it with the power of the Holy Spirit. He needs to be immersed in the presence of the Spirit of Christ. You know, every so often, I understand as a preacher of long standing that there are occasions when a preacher has to prepare a sermon on the fly, you know, at the last moment, sometimes even to change it as he stands up to preach. <laughs> By the way, there's a fine irony. Uh, I'm talking about this, and just now, this very week, um, I'm doing this recording for you on Saturday morning, and I was asked yesterday, please, could I stand in for the preacher tomorrow because he's ill? So I've had to do exactly what I've described here at the last moment, come in and depend on the Holy Spirit to to do in and through me what normally takes a week or longer to prepare. But let me give you a, an account of a life-changing moment experienced by Dr. A.J. Gordon. Now, he was a well-known Baptist preacher of the late 19th century, and he found himself having to prepare the sermon on a Saturday night. I'm going to read to you what he said. It's, it's quite lengthy. And it's a little outdated in style, but it's definitely worth... Here's what he wrote. It was Saturday night, when wearied from the work of preparing Sunday's sermon, that I fell asleep and a dream came. I was in the pulpit before a full congregation, just ready to begin my sermon, when a stranger entered and passed slowly up the left aisle of the church, looking first to the one side and then to the other, as though silently asking with his eyes that someone would give him a seat. He had proceeded nearly halfway up the aisle when a gentleman stepped out and offered him a place in his pew, which was quietly accepted. 
Expecting the face and excepting for the face and features of the stranger, everything in the scene is distinctly remembered. The number of the pew, the Christian man who offered its hospitality, the exact seat which he occupied, only the countenance of the visitor could never be recalled. That his face wore a peculiarly serious look, as of one who had known some great sorrows, clearly impressed on my mind. His bearing, too, was exceeding humble. His dress poor and plain, and from the beginning to the end of the service he gave the most respectful attention to the preacher. Immediately as I began my sermon, my attention became riveted on this hearer. If I would avert my eyes from him for a moment, they would instinctively return to him, so that he held my attention rather than that I held his, till the discourse was ended. To myself I said constantly, Who can that stranger be? And then I mentally resolved to find out by going to him and making his acquaintance as soon as the service should be over. But after the benediction had been given, the departing congregation filed into the aisles, and before I could reach him, the visitor had left the house. The gentleman with whom he had sat remained behind, however, and approaching him with great eagerness, I asked, Can you tell me who that stranger was who sat in your pew this morning? In the most matter-of-fact way, he replied, Why, do you not know that man? It was Jesus of Nazareth. With a sense of the keenest disappointment, I said, Oh, my dear sir, why did you let him go without introducing me to him? I was so desirous to speak to him. And with the same nonchalant air, the gentleman replied, Oh, do not be troubled. He has been here today, and no doubt he will come again. And now came an indescribable rush of emotion. The Lord himself, whose I am and whom I serve, had been listening to me today. What was I saying? Was I preaching on some popular theme in order to catch the ear of the public? Well, thank God it was of himself I was speaking. However imperfectly done, it was Christ and him crucified whom I was holding up this morning. But in what spirit did I preach? Was it Christ crucified preached in a crucified style? Or did the preacher magnify himself while ex exalting Christ? So anxious and painful did these questions become that I was about to ask the brother with whom he had sat if the Lord had said anything to him concerning the sermon. But a sense of propriety and self-respect at once checked the suggestion. So, I believe that if both the preacher and the congregants give serious attention to biblical preaching, we will sense the presence of the Lord in our church services, for Jesus would have been pleased to visit us. Short notice before I close, the next Truth Talk will actually be a sermon, which I delivered recently at LVC, entitled God the Rock. After that, I and the Truth is the Word team will be on a seasonal break until the 22nd of January 2019. So we'll catch you then. In the meanwhile, God bless you. Have a wonderful Christmas season. Bye. Thank you for listening to Truth Talks from Truth is the Word Ministry. If you'd like to share your views, read up on related topics, or purchase one of Dr. Pepler's books, please visit his blog on truthistheword.com. And remember, Truth Talks.